Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to My Independence Report. One of the things that we endeavor to do with this podcast is to bring you relevant, current information about things that are going on in our world, and this particular podcast is no exception because we have an author on the line. His name is Andrew Mann. He's written a book, Such Unfortunates, and it is a book. Well, I'm going to let him tell you about the book, but before I introduce him properly, I just want to uh, frame this in a way that you don't tune us out because this year, excuse me, last year, 70,000 people died, died from this problem that is happening in our country. Yes, I'm talking about drug overdoses. And so if you know somebody, who has a problem, give them the link to this podcast. Give them the uh, a link to the book. It can save somebody's life. Matter of fact, Andrew just told me that a young lady wrote him, read his book, was contemplating suicide, didn't do suicide, went into treatment because of him and his book. With that, Andrew Mann, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate you having me on. I really do, and and being able to get this out there. I'm. You must feel really, really proud that you impacted somebody's life. You know, just today. Yes, I I really didn't expect that that it was going to get this kind of reception when I wrote the book. Um, you know, I had heard that, you know, it's so hard to write a book, you'll probably never finish it. Um, and many people want to write it, 1% actually finish it, and so on and so forth. But so many people had encouraged me um, from knowing bits and pieces of my story. They said, you have to write a book that it was just, it got to the point after I had so many close friends die that I needed to do something. And it just kind of motivated me. And no matter what roadblocks came in my way, I just kept writing till the book got done. Um, and I never expected to receive this kind of reception from it, but it's been uh, amazing. So let's talk about Absolutely. your story. You are, uh, I, I assume that you speak from experience when you're talking about the drug addiction and stuff. I have not, I'm sad to say, read the book yet. I'm going to. But so t- tell us a little bit about your story. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I speak from experience. Um, I, I grew up in a, a very abusive household. Um, it was a very abusive uh, emotionally and um, sexual abuse, which was something that, you know, as a child, I, I swore I would never tell anyone on my darkest day I would take to my grave. You know, when you're a child, something like that is just not something that Especially on the outside, you know, everything looked perfect in my family, but behind closed doors, it was really a horror show of epic proportions. Um, 
And that led me to develop um, anxiety and depression as a child um, to the point it was an extremely, uh, when I was 14 years old, I was prescribed an adult dose of Xanax, uh, which if people don't know what Xanax is, it's a benzodiazepine that they give to people that are having panic attacks. I had started having these horrible panic attacks and believing I was dying. Um, by the time I was 18, I think I took myself to 27 emergency rooms, um, believing I was dying. I had the symptoms of it and everything like that. And um, through in high school, I ended up experimenting with marijuana and then alcohol. Uh, but really what found sort of the the key to unlock the addiction monster inside of me was when I found opiates. And that took me on a spiral. Opiates have now become, you know, everybody's heard of Oxycontin and the opiate crisis. Like you said, more people in this country are dying of drug overdose than Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Iraq all combined together every year. And um, it's it's gotten way out of control. And I was one of these people that took this to such an extreme. I went from living in a, a nice town uh, to being homeless on the streets of Camden, New Jersey, um, being a full-blown heroin addict using a needle IV. And um, in the beginning of my book, I, I, I start off with um, taking the reader through what it's like um, being in heroin withdrawal and having no money being on the streets of Camden and what it's like um, – really for an addict. I wanted people to understand what addiction was because I really believe, Kevin, that people focus when we're looking for a cure for addiction, they focus too much on the drugs. That's all that stands out. If someone has a drug problem, like I had a drug problem, the drugs are just a symptom of something that is going on. If you want to fix that person, you need to find out the reason behind everything, why that person is using the drugs. And in my book, I wanted that to be very clear. I wanted people to understand. I mean, even through all the addicts I met in the multiple treatment centers I went to over the years trying to get clean, um, you know, the things they were doing to help me get clean was wrong and it wasn't working. And it was just, um, you know, a lot of stuff that we've set up in this country is completely self-defeating. Um, and it's not working and it's just making the problem worse as everyone's seen. And, um, that's what I wanted to help people, uh, to, 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 you know, understand why people use and what they can do if they themselves have a problem or one of their loved ones has a problem, how they can help them. And that was really what I wanted to get into in my book. Now, you, the title is Such Unfortunates. Uh, where did the title come from? I had gone to AA and NA, which are groups, and in the beginning um, of those meetings, they always read the same, um, and it's about these people they describe as such unfortunates. And these are the people that they basically say don't have a chance of getting sober. They're... Um, in, in, incapable of being honest, um, and these people are such unfortunates. And 
for me, um, that was what always stood out to me. I was considered one of those people. Everyone had given up on me in life. Everyone, um, you know, everyone I knew except one person, really. Um, and it really took a, a few strangers um, and people I consider angels. I mean, it's really amazing in my story. Um, and one person in particular who refused to give up on me um, and was able to love me when I didn't love myself and um, sort of helped me uh, realize what was going on. And it wasn't until I really shared those painful things inside of me that I was able to heal and put the drugs down. And that's another reason because a lot of people, you know, people will tell them, oh, you can do it. And they'll go into rehabs and talk to them. But these people say, you know, I'm worse than you. Um, or, you know, what are you going to tell me? You haven't been where I've been. Well, that is when it's because I go to a lot of rehabs now and speak. And there really aren't too many people that can say they've I've been there's three ends that they say in Alcoholics Anonymous are the ends or in Narcotics Anonymous um, to addiction. Uh, and those are jails, institutions and death. And I've experienced all three of those. I've been to jail. I've been to multiple institutions. And I've overdosed twice um, and had to be brought back once. They didn't think I would be able to be brought back. So I was considered dead. Um, so I've, I've experienced all three of those ends. I've been homeless. I've, I've used every drug under the sun. And, um, you know, there isn't really much that someone can say to me that I can be like, oh, I haven't experienced that. And that's another thing, uh, you know, one of my goals would be to have my own, hopefully one day, my own treatment center um, that I would take things that I've learned over the years that work and help people. Um, and I've, I've seen multiple people come into rehabs and I know what doesn't work and I know what does work. And um, so it would be my goal is to eventually, if I could find someone that would be willing to help me get this started or maybe people that would donate to it and I could put some of my own money in. I'd like to have a, a rehab that anyone could get into. It wouldn't be based on how much they could pay. If they needed help, we'd get them in. Um, and I think, uh, I think I could help a lot of people like that, especially to look at the inside issues that are going on um, because so many addicts that I've met in um, – in rehab or through a, the drug world have suffered traumatic childhoods and they don't look at repairing the inside. They just look, okay, I'm going to get the drugs away. I'll go to a detox and the drugs are out. Now I'm sober after a month, I'm back on the street, everything's fixed. And within a week they they have a needle back in their arm and everyone, how did that happen? You were sober. Oh my God. But they don't look at the real problem. And there was a problem before that person ever picked up a drug. And that's what needs to be focused on. So you're telling me, now, first of all, the good Lord has provided me with, I've never had to go into rehab. But my assumption good. is, as a, uh, I, I guess, just a normal assumption would be that when you are an addict or an alcoholic or whatever, there is an underlying cause. And, and it would seem to me that that would be the first place people would, and, and the, the, the professionals in, the, in the, the system would look at and delve into your past to, because 
you're right. This is a symptom. This isn't the root cause. And to find the root cause, are you telling me that in rehab they don't do that? It's it's about as uh, rare as uh, I maybe saw it 2% of the time, if that, when I was in there, that they really did. It was, um, yeah, it was really shocking. Um, and people were wondering why we have a 3% success rate um, in these rehabs. Actually, I think it's less than that now. But, you know, uh, they would go in, they'd bring a person in, and they'd say, listen, we're going to pay for you to be there for two weeks. The first week, the person's in withdrawal. They don't even know what's going on. They're in bed all day throwing up. By the second week, they're just getting the fog out of their head, and then they're saying, you know, okay, well, we paid for you here for two weeks. Now you're back on the street. You haven't used in two weeks. You should be good. And it's, um, yeah, I've seen more. And the state, a lot of the state pays for this or family pays for this, and the money is just completely wasted. It doesn't do anything. It's more of a you know, pit you, stop. Sorry. You, ju- you just brought up, a, uh, I just had an epiphany. About six months ago, uh, on my Facebook page, one of my Facebook people got on and a mutual person that we both knew uh, had overdosed. And they said, we don't understand. He was doing so well and he was dry and he wasn't using it all. And then uh, he went to a hotel room and they found him with a needle still in his arm and he was dead. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't deal with the underlying cause and everybody kind of whitewashed it apparently. And so it was real easy for him to go back and, and doing it. That, that is so sad. I'm glad you wrote this book. <laughs> I had no idea. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. And that's, no, you're exactly right. Um, you know, I was just agreeing with what you were saying. You're uh, exactly right. That's, um, it's the underlying cause that really is the thing that needs to be focused on. The drugs are what gets all the attention. It gets the attention here. It's the drugs and the drugs and the drugs. But um, it's really, it's it's a shame because it's not what's going to, you remove the drugs from the person, the person is not fixed. And that is, I don't know why, you know, like as you said, you know, a normal person, you'd think if someone is, but, the, you know, sticking a needle in their arm, that person's probably got some issues, but they look at it as, oh, you know, this person's out there. They were going to get high to have fun, and it's they did it to themselves or whatever, but it really what it comes down to is these people are medicating in a hurt inside of them that, you know, most people can't understand. Um, and if we're And now it's gotten to the point where it's so bad in our country that, Everyone knows someone, a loved one or a friend, somebody they care about that is affected by this in one way or another. And um, it's so that's why I guess my book has resonated so much with people um, and people have I, I was really I mean, I was amazed at how many people have written to me. Oh, thank you for writing this. I, I, I've been through what you've been through. And when are you going to write the second one? And I, I had just planned on writing this. so. I didn't even think about writing another book. And people are asking me, have you started on the next one? We tell me more about this. And, you know, so it's, it's, um, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but, uh, you know, my, my goal was to help as many people, um, not only, uh, to get clean, 
but I wanted to help the families of people because I had so many people that came to me and said, you know, why were you able to do it and my son overdosed or and died? Or why is my son still out there using? I just had a mother write me tonight um, and ask me if I would contact her son in Florida. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did and I reached out to him. And and the sad part was is he, he didn't want to tell me he's using. I didn't even, you know, mention that his mother told me to reach out to him. I just reached out to him and I said, hey, listen, you know, I understand, and, and he wouldn't even tell me. It's become such a, I guess, uh, another problem that I see is in the groups like AA, or, or they help a lot of people out, but they tell people not to mention drugs, and they put people, if you relapse, it's, you know, it's like this big um, scarlet letter on a person, and Right. I would rather a person tell me if they relapse and then we can fix the problem than a person try to hide it until it gets so out of control that they're dead or, you know, they're going to jail or they're robbing. You know, there are so many problems that could be avoided if a person just came and said, listen, you know, I'm human. I messed up. And then, OK, let's fix it. But people, there's such a scarlet letter about it now. And AA, you know, it's this big, you know, they're looking at, oh, well, I've got four years clean and I've got this amount of time clean. Like you're better than somebody. All anyone has is today. We are all the same. And I, I that kind of drives me nuts about those groups. I've seen more people hurt from that attitude than it's ever helped anyone. And so I, I said to this person today, you know, I reached him and I said, listen, if there's anything I can do and and, and he wouldn't admit to me, and it's a shame because I am the last person that would judge anyone. Um, and I actually, I had a woman said that to me that um, she said, I was so easy to talk to me and people feel they can open up. And it's, it's a shame because, uh, you know, a lot of people feel so judged that they'll go out and, and basically keep things to themselves and kill themselves instead of tell someone that they have a problem nowadays. Exactly. And so, so be let's talk Sure. So, Andrew, let's let's talk about that a little bit because you had multiple failed attempts. You went in or failed uh, attempts to get clean. Um, you were in many facilities. You went to jail. You did all of that stuff. What was? Did an angel come down and tap you on the head with its wand and say you're healed? How did that happen? Yeah, basically, uh, I mean, it, you know, in the book, I I get into it. I was homeless in the streets of Camden, and um, you know, I I I get into a whole chapter of how these people um, had sort of seeked me out. One man was a teacher, and he used to drive by and see me, and he stopped and um, you know started talking to me, and um, he said, you know what what are you doing out here? And I want to know your story. You know, you obviously don't fit in out here. What is going on? And he, he kept trying to help me. And I also, I had a, another woman um, that worked at a hospital. And I mean, I, I put this story in my book and she was, I, I had never been too big into church, but she came and she was wearing her cross and she was a very Christian lady. And she used to bring me money every day. And I thought it was the nicest thing. And one day she stopped. And I mean, I've never told this woman anything about me. She said, you know, Andrew, I, um, I had a father that abused me. I had been a horrible alcoholic after it. Um, I went through terrible abuse with him and I had to forgive him. 
and get past that before I could get myself better. And I know you need to do that. And this woman knew nothing about me. Um, so then the teacher I was telling you about and another man who um, has a famous daughter, uh, and I mentioned him in my book. I'm actually friends with him now. I don't know if you know who Kelly Ripa is. Oh, yeah. Talk show host. Yeah, oh, sure. her father. Her father was very instrumental in helping me get off the streets. And we're still mm-hmm. friends to this day. So we're, um, yeah, he's a very nice man, um, and he was a big help to me. But then finally, um, there was one woman who, um, uh, her name was Karen, that would just refuse to give up on me and uh, got me into treatment. And while I was there, um, just did some of the most amazing things. I In the house I grew up with, I was never told I love you by either parent my whole life. So I had never really felt that. And that was a huge hole that was missing inside of me. So this woman kept telling me she loved me and she wrote me a letter every day while I was in rehab for no reason. She had no reason to do this. She wrote me a letter every day and she bought me these two wristbands that I still wear to this day um, that basically said, you know, you can do this. You are loved. You can beat this. And she came to visit me every time. And I started seeing, you know, if this woman is loving me and believes so much in me, maybe I should start believing in myself. And through her, I was able to find the courage to talk about what I had been through. And the more I talked about it, the more healing I had inside. Um, And then when I got out, it was a different person. When I looked at what was going on inside of me and started healing that stuff, when I got out, I didn't need the drugs as much. And the more I, the more I stayed away from the easier it became and then I decided to write the book, and um, that was a healing experience. It took me about a year to do that, but that was a very healing experience in itself. And um, you know, I've since I've been, you know, it's it's been uh, a long time now, and I've been, uh, you know, it's been amazing for me. So that was it. Really was. I feel there were people like angels that were sent to me, um, and uh, you know. I owe every one of them have been, and I mention them all in the book, but uh, it's, it was a very spiritual, um, you know, amazing thing that happened. You know, as, as my book brings up the bad side of life, it also points out the good side at the end. And because of these people helped me, my whole goal now is to give back to as many people as I can. It's a wonderful mission that you're on. And I just want to let everybody know that, uh, uh, there is life on the other side of addiction. He is, uh, um, he's a, uh, he has a fiance now, a couple of great stepkids, a couple of dogs, three cats. They live in uh, New Jersey. He enjoys surfing and, and exercising and, and boxing and, and, uh, alternative energy. Tell me about alternative energy. What do you mean by that? Yes, I got into, um, solar. Uh, I, oh, uh, yeah. I, yes, I've been involved with, doing solar on homes and um, buildings, and I love it. It's, uh, it's a great way to eliminate people's electric bill, um, save them money. Uh, right now, the state and the federal government pay a huge incentive that makes it, I mean, if you own your own home nowadays, it's such a good idea to go solar. Um, you basically get rid of 
you having to pay an energy company and you're producing your own electricity, you make your home worth more money. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to sell if you're ever going to sell it. And the cost of electricity goes up every year. So it's such a, it's just such a good thing to be in. Um, you know what I'm saying? They, it's, it's a great idea to go solar for uh, multiple reasons, pollution, everything, energy independence. It's, it's a really is a good thing now. And the panels they've got are so efficient that, um, it's really neat. And, uh, I like helping the environment. I like helping people save money. So it's, um, you know, we started it out a little bit over a year ago and I love it. I love being involved with it. So not only are you working to save mankind by helping them understand and getting on, uh, getting off drugs, and you're also helping the planet and, and helping us uh, fight global warming, which is, by the way, going to be a really, <laughs> really big deal coming up here very quickly. I'm doing all I can. I, I don't. I, I hope I can do a lot. But uh, I, and the last one, I'd love to help animals too. So I believe there's a very healing power in animals. I've seen addicts that have not had much love in their life get a pet and. It's so good for them that I really believe eventually I would love to have my own rehab that would take anyone in, and I would love to have animal therapy as one of the things, but I'd also like it to double as a, a rescue for animals. I've um, I've seen the power of healing that an animal can have, and I've always been a lover of dogs and cats, always, so. All animals. Andrew, if, if somebody would like to get a hold of you, if somebody's got a big fat check to write and they've followed your story and believe that you can help like uh, uh, nobody else, um, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. They can go to my Facebook page. Um, it's Facebook at Amazing New Book. Um, and you can contact me directly through there. Um, and you you can also, I mean, if they want to get to my book page, they can get to my author page through Amazon. You just go to Amazon, search Such Unfortunates by Andrew Mann. Um, if you type in Such Unfortunates, it will come directly up, or Andrew Mann, um, and either one will bring you to that. Um, you can contact me through there or through my Facebook page, um, but most of the people that contact me have been contacting me through Facebook. Um, and I always try to get back to everyone that contacts me. If you need help, I'll do everything I can. If you have a family member, I'll give you all the advice I can. Um, if, if, if I know of a place that they can get into, I will tell you if it's a good place or not, or I will help you in any way I can. So um, please contact me if you need help. Or like you said, if someone would like to help me start a place, I would be uh, – more than grateful, um, and you can contact me through there. Absolutely. I think you should start a uh, fun GoFundMe page too. That's um, not a bad idea. You... That's. Go ahead. Oh uh, no, I, th I think that's a great idea. I was just going to say what you were saying because what's that? Because because there are so many. Here's here's the deal. As I said at the top of the show. 70,000, it's a number that is not, I, I don't even know how to comprehend this number. That 70,000 people a year are dying from opiates and from heroin and hard drug abuse like that. 70,000 people 
But I, it's just, I, I, it's, it's mind boggling that we as a country can't figure out how to get this fixed. And I know that there are people out there. I'm going to get on my soapbox. I hope you don't mind. But I, I know there are people that are out there that are, that are saying, well, you know what? This is something that they did to themselves. You're proving to me and to this audience that it's not something that you did yourself. I just did a podcast earlier today with Lorraine, and uh, she was raped at 14, and she became drug addicted because of that rape. Uh, you were abused as a child, and that's how you got that. I, it's just amazing to me that the numbers of people that we're talking about, there are people that will drop a dime or two to help you out. I just know they will. It's, it's, uh, I, 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 I didn't really think about it, but you're absolutely right, and I think people would, and I think um, there are a lot of good people that want to help their fellow man. There really are, and um, you'd be surprised how a little thing you can do to help somebody makes a huge difference in that person's life. And, um, you know, for me, I, uh, I find that the most rewarding thing, but you're, you know, you're exactly right, Kevin. It's very, um, very good point. What's interesting is that, uh, in my day job and I, I actually have, uh, uh, a podcast up that says, so you want to be a bus driver? And I go over some of this stuff because I work for King County Metro and I'm, I'm a bus driver and I've seen personally, well, two people have had to have Narcan administered on my bus because they were in the middle of an overdose situation. I know every driver in the system has had people get pulled off their bus because of an overdose situation and several have died in, in the process. So we, I, I'm aware of how desperate a situation it is. And that's why your work and people like you, um, are so important. But the major question I have to ask you, young man, is, how did you end up with such a good heart? Uh, that, I, you know, I, I don't know the exact answer to that. And people have been telling me that my whole life. But a lot of people said you could have been a very bitter, um, angry person. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I really, I, that's a good question. I'll have to... <laughs> I have a psychologist somewhere tell me that. I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> that, that it's is just an easier way two. to be. That's book number that, two, that, exactly. That's book number two. Exactly. But I've because, also, because, um, one one thing I wanted to mention really quick is, um, you know, of those people that are dying, a lot of people, oh, well, they're just drug addicts or anything like that. But there have been a lot of great people that I've known that have perished from this addiction one of these people, um, since he was a little kid, his whole goal was to cure cancer. I mean, he used to make, since he was like 10 years old, that's all he wanted to do. And he was in medical school and um, he died of an overdose. And it's it's a real sad story. So, you know, before people go saying that, um, you know, and I really believe that there was a person, he used to have a whole room just full of Every he would read all these books. He'd write all these formulas down. He'd say, "I think this can cure cancer, and I think this can do it." And that was his whole goal in life. And he's dead, and he didn't have to be. Um, and I get into that story a little bit in the book too. But you know, we're we're losing some great people, and um, it's not all the you know. There's like a, these one percent of drug addicts that are terrible people outside of it. 
and and they give everyone else a bad name, but the majority of these people are people that have, like you said, have been abused. Um, they're some of the kindest, most giving people you could ever meet, and uh, we're losing so many people. I mean, it's it's insane numbers, seventy thousand. Uh, it's more than you saw how many people were protesting the Vietnam War. This is more than the whole Vietnam War, all Iraq and all Afghanistan combined together in the whole time every year in this country. And it's it's Sorry. like we are just ignoring the we're just ignoring it. And I'm glad you're not because it's it's really and I'm you know I'm you you can have a forum here. You can come on my podcast. I want to have you on. I also do a show on KKNW 1150 AM in Seattle from 9 until noon uh in conjunction with Martha Norwalk's Animal World on the fourth Sunday. I want to book you on that show as well because what your message is so needed and in the streets of Seattle I'm not not sure you why you do know but we are hotbed is not the correct word. We have an epidemic going on in Puget Sound in 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 King County. And that epidemic is is opiate abuse, and it's killing people. So um, I, I want to. I'll talk to you more about that off the air. But I want to. I want to book you on sure. that show because I think that would be. It would be really. Your story is incredible. You're incredible. Your mission's incredible. And there, you know, maybe maybe Bill Gates will be listening, and he can fund the whole damn thing for you. That would be nice. That would be that would be great. I think we could probably save more lives than than you could ever imagine. But yeah, maybe if somebody like that was listening and really wanted to save some lives uh, and help some suffering people that really need it, that would be, um, that would be amazing. So I always said, I wish I would win some big lottery. I would give 99.5% of it to helping people. I really would. See, I told you, you have a good heart. That's the, that's the second book. You're going to have to write it now. All right, all right. Sounds good. I I might, I might. It's it was a lot more writing one took a lot out of me, so I may need a few months before I get back into it. But I, I might, yeah, I might just do that, Kevin. Definitely. By the way, your fiance is a beautiful young lady. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. She's I mean, a, yeah, a sweetheart. Oh, that's 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 awesome. So. So now that uh, you are clean and sober and you're, you've got a fiancé and dogs and cats and you've got a business that's growing and stuff, life is good yes. for you, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. You know, I um dealing with normal things in life and normal problems. Once you've been through what I, I've been through, um, normal problems in life, like bills and stuff, is just, it's small potatoes. So that is one gift of addiction and being through the hell I've been through. It gives you a different view on life. I wake up just happy to not be in withdrawal and not need drugs. I mean, it's such a, a thrill to just be alive and not be in that. I, I can't explain it. It gives you this just appreciation for life that I never had before. Um, and that is the one thing that I am thankful for through my addiction. I remember I was sitting in a meeting one time and a, a man said that he, he thanked God for making him an addict. And I said, what is this guy crazy? Um, but now I start to see what, what he's talking about. Um, and it, it does, it gives me an appreciation 
for things that normal people don't appreciate. I appreciate having a bank account or having a few dollars in my wallet or a credit card or a phone or things that, you know, I would have never appreciated before. And most people take for granted. Um, most, if not all the people I know take for granted. But when I see that, I'm like, I'm so thankful for those little things. And, um, that is one gift that this, uh, horror addiction that I went through has given me. Well, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm proud to know you. I'm in, in totally impressed by what you're doing and the man that you are. And if I, uh, I'm going to go get this book and I, I may keep one on my bus, as a matter of fact, that would be a, a really good idea. Great. 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 And when somebody kind of gets on my bus and says, I don't have any money. And I said, are you, are you on drugs? And they, and they say, yeah, here, you need to read this. Good. That would be awesome. I, uh, you sound like a very good man with a good heart too, Kevin. You know, I can, well, uh, takes one to know one and you uh i can i can sense that from you that's awesome well it's you know and i feel i feel so my heart goes out to these people so much because they're they're it's the amount of hopelessness that is involved with drug addiction is is mind-boggling and i had no earthly idea that all these people that are trained and 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 to in, in in addiction prevention and working in these and they don't deal with the core problem. That's just crazy. That's crazy talk right there. I don't understand. It really is. It really is. I um I had been through about ten rehabs and I never um in all ten of those had never looked at the core problem, which is is mind boggling. The amount of money that's wasted, um, it's just more of people consider it getting a tune-up, giving your body a break to go back out and use. And it's just, it's, um, the, the, the heroin especially is being cut with things like fentanyl and carfentil and things that people don't know what they're putting in their body. Um, they're so much stronger than heroin. Um, fentanyl is about, I think, 20 times as strong as heroin per microgram. So that's why you're having, and these drug cartels know this, and, and they basically increase their profits. And the whole war on drugs and all that stuff, it's, it's made all the profits go down to the drug cartels and all the pain up here in the United States. So there's now, a lot of work we need to do. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but fentanyl specifically, if that, it takes such a small amount is, is the dosage that you would want but if the dosage is wrong, it can kill you instantly, can't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, and and now they have even have a stronger version of fentanyl um, that oh, was wonderful. used to tranquilize elephants and, um, and large animals like that. It's called carfentil, or some people say carfentanil, um, and it's about 100 times as strong as fentanyl. And so that is extremely dangerous. Um, but what the drug cartels found out is if we manufacture a little bit of this stuff, we add it to the heroin, we can cut the heroin, sell twice as much and make twice as much profit. But all it takes is a little bit of that to be in the wrong place. You know, they're not, they're not, they don't have the FDA looking over them. And so, and they don't care if they kill anybody. 
So they'll, they'll have that will get in the drugs and somebody will use too much. And, you know, even if they know what their normal dose is and that's what's happening. And I saw a really sad thing of a guy who lost his daughter. She was beautiful. Um, and she did this, she did the, and it had the carpenter in it and she died and she was like 19, beautiful had her whole life out of her and uh, one shot and she's dead. And, uh, you know, he did this montage to her online and it was like, you know, I lost my best friend type of thing. And it was, it was really a sad thing. And, um, you know, if I can help stop that from happening, I'll, I'll sleep well at night. I applaud your work and I hope that you open up your first facility soon. And, uh, um, if there's anything that I can do to help you, I uh, obviously I, I can't, I'm a bus driver, but I, <laughs> but at the same time, well, if I meet somebody, I'm going to send some folks your way. We've been talking. Yeah, and you're doing Andrew. it right now by this. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm no, saying go you're ahead. doing it right now by this, Kevin. You are helping me right now by doing what you're doing. Well, I, I appreciate it because I, this is, this, my, I was just thinking, you know, these, um, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm being a little bit too, um, too militant or, or too critical here, but, but it seems to me that when they, when you go into rehab and they get you clean and then they, they, they give you some new clothes and you're there for a couple of weeks, it's almost like a conveyor belt kind of thing. Where they put you in, they get you clean, they kick you out until the next time you need it. And that's how they they continue to do that rotation. That's how they keep their numbers up, and that's how they keep their funding. Tell me I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I wish I could tell you you were wrong. I really do. But you're not. And uh, I'm not saying that every place is like that, but the majority are exactly like that. Exactly. Certainly the, the government-funded ones, I would guess, because the, the, that's based upon the numbers of people that go through there and the turnover rate and that, that, that and, and then they get funding per person per day kind of thing. That it, it's, uh, that makes me angry. Sorry. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're an intelligent person to see through that that quickly. But, yes, you're very sad. You're correct. But um, hopefully we can change that. Um, you and never know. Maybe, like you said, Bill Gates. Yep. Maybe he'll listen and somebody like that. I mean, those people have, uh, I think Bill himself even wanted to give away to help a lot of people. I know he's he's signed the giving pledge. So, you know, if he really wants to help people or somebody like him, they can do a, a, a good thing here and uh, really help some people that need it. So if you're listening to this podcast, Anywhere in the world, what I want you to do is this. I want you to write down Andrew Mann, write down the book, Such Unfortunates, and go to Amazon.com slash Andrew Mann, and his book will come up, and you can contact him through Amazon and send him a big fat check, okay? Anybody in the world. They can contact me, especially through Facebook, too. Uh, Facebook at Amazing New Book, and that'll be the easiest way to contact me through that one right there. Andrew, it's been a pleasure, and I applaud you. And by the way, just before before we go, I just want to make it clear that, uh, Andrew, I put out the word that I was interested in having some uh, um, interviews, and Andrew has been relentless. 
he wanted me to do this, and it, it and so that it would happen. I was going to, but he's relentless. So if he, I would hate to have him on my bad side, but as long, but he will make sure that this all comes about, and this this facility is going to happen. You're going to happen. You're going to write the second book. Somebody's going to give you a lot of money, and you're going to do it the right way and to help people survive. Because if we save that one guy, that one guy who has the cure for cancer. It's all been worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Andrew. And again, go to the, his Facebook page, which again is? Facebook at Amazing New Book. And you'll see my book, Such Unfortunates by Andrew Mann, and the page. And you're welcome to join the page um, with the other people on there and contact me, and I will help you or any of your family members in any way I can, um, whatever resources I have available, I will happily help anyone. Thank you very much for the work you're doing, and thanks for being on this podcast. Um, and, and with that, you, I have, and one, any last thing you'd like to tell the audience before we go? I think you've said it all. Just if you have a family member, um, please don't give up on them. Um, if they are I, I know it's a lot of people will tell you to shut the door and tough love. If they're willing to get help, be there, support them. Uh, they need your support. Uh, and there are people out there like me that will try to give you any advice and try to help you out as much as you can. Um, and so I just hope everyone checks my book out and hopefully we can save some lives and help as many people as uh, they need it. Kevin, you've been awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for doing what you're doing. And I sense that, that uh, your story is only just beginning and it hasn't been written yet. And great things are in your future. And uh, thanks for saving the planet, too. That, that's a good side <laughs> okay. benefit of you. I'm okay. trying. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. Thanks. With that, uh, you've been listening to my Independence Report. Get the book, Such Unfortunates. If you have a friend who needs it, give it to them. It's well worth the investment of, what, 12 bucks to save their life? I think that's worth it. And in the meantime, thanks for listening. Again, my name is Kevin McDonald. You're listening to My Independence Report. Do something nice for yourself. Do something nice for somebody else. Buy this book and give it to them for Christmas or New Year's. So we'll see you next time on My Independence Report. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.